0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Mike and Matt at the Movies. I'm Matt and I'm flying solo for this episode. Um, the reason being, the original plan for our episode 2 was going to be built around review of Tenet. Um, and I was hoping to do a little piece uh, looking back at the DC Fandom event which took place on Saturday the 22nd of August. Uh, but then I started to write down my notes and I was finding it quite hard to actually be brief. So we decided that we'd just go for it and dedicate a full episode um, obviously I'm the, the, the comic book geek of the, of the pairing. So, um, so yeah, so that's why I'm going it alone with this episode. So first things first, I'm a self-professed Marvel fanboy. Um, and despite always having a love for Batman, it's only really been quite recently that I've started to get into DC in a much bigger way. I mentioned in our first episode about enjoying Shazam and Aquaman. And if you add into the mix that I've uh, started the huge mission of catching up on the DC TV shows, um so it's quite recently I've started taking much more interest and much more notice of what's happening in the DC universe. So when I saw the advert for this online free for all fandom I was really interested. I used to work in some conventions but never really had much chance to watch any panels or anything like that. So it was all going to be a pretty new experience to me. Um you know despite the fact of it being web based but at the same time it was quite nice to be able to approach it simply as a fan and just to be interested in what people've got to say. Uh, I probably should have clocked the date uh, when I saw the advert. Uh, it turns out it's the same date as like the anniversary of the first date me and my wife went on. So that didn't necessarily go down all that well. But she's known me for long enough, and she's known that I've, I'm a geek for long enough. So I think I'm just about let off with that one. So what was DC Fandom? It was a twenty four hour online event. It was free for everyone to access. Just go onto the website and click your way through um effectively it was eight hours of content which would get repeated twice to make up the 24 hours so I I watched it the first time around I managed to watch about seven hours and 50 minutes um I nodded off briefly towards the end uh, because it was nearly 2am annoyingly that was just before the trailer for the Batman but fortunately when I woke up again a few minutes later I was able to catch up pretty quickly because everything was getting posted on Twitter so it was easy enough to get back into the content that I'd missed I'm not going to try and recap the full eight hours. Uh, there was a hell of a lot of stuff, um, you know, like comic-related, TV-related. But, I mean, I'm just picking out some relevant highlights, specifically looking into the the movie aspects of it. Before I start, I just want to say they did an amazing job. The guests and the panels were great throughout, uh, and they kept everything really interesting and engaging. There's lots of bits, like, in between the panels where they would like, looking at artwork and cosplay which were really interesting. Um, there's also a really good panel um, discussing females of colour within the DC universe which is obviously very topical in both a Black Lives Matter perspective um, but also from highlighting the strong important female characters in what has historically been a male-led genre. Uh, I'd definitely advise checking out this panel if you get chance. So to focus on the movie aspects of the fandom The whole thing kicked off with a a special panel for Wonder Woman 1984. The Wonder Woman 1984 panel featured director Patty Jenkins, as well as the stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal, um, who all sounded like they had a great time working together. Um, Later in the night, the cash returned as well for a special game uh, called Werewolves. Which is a bizarre but fun little game. Uh, I've seen similar elsewhere on one of the YouTube channels that my kids watch. I won't try to explain it because it's it doesn't really do it justice, I don't think. Um, but please do go and check it out. Um, I think the other version I saw was called War Monsters. So if you search on YouTube, pretty sure you will be able to, uh, to find that on there. Uh, the Wonder Woman panel also fe- featured a brief appearance from superfan Venus Williams. Uh, she also features in a more ex- uh, extensive interview elsewhere in the fandom, uh, discussing like her, you know, speaking with DC and, and you know, the potential for like a character um, being based on her, um, which is like quite interesting going forward. Uh, but even more importantly than this, there was a cameo from the original live-action Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, which was a great touch. Again, Linda Carter would appear later on um, in a, a separate panel with Patty, Jen- Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. Talking about the Wonder Woman character and looking ahead to next year's 80th anniversary of the character, it's always amazing when you look at stuff like where you think like the comic book stuff is quite modern, but Wonder Woman's been around for nearly 80 years now, so um, it's quite good that there's a film coming out this year um, leading into that as well. So it'll definitely you know raise the uh, the awareness of that. Um, What's well, great to hear from this panel as as a cinema employee. Um, or from that perspective, is the passion that the filmmakers have for a theatrical release. You know, they, they say they've made the film to be seen on the big screen and they're committed to releasing it that way. And, and that's certainly how I want to watch a film like this. The panel ends with a first look at the brand new trailer. It looks like an epic action adventure with a very cool 80s look and feel. There's some amazing footage of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and also a little look at Cheetah. Uh, I'm intrigued how they're going to do it within the film um, as how they're going to turn... Kristen Wiig into that character Um, but I'm also happy to wait to find out uh, rather than having any spoilers or anything and also there's the whole question of uh, how Steve how is Steve Trevor not dead anymore you know I'm quite excited about getting to watch this film uh, when it comes out later this year the next movie panel introduced the all-new Suicide Squad James Gunn is a sort of guy I can imagine would be amazing to spend time with talking about films um He seems so passionate and involved and he's clearly a fan of the subject matter and understands the history of the suicide squad characters and and the and the story behind it uh Gunn starts off by addressing speculation over who's playing who uh We get a video introduction to the full cast and characters, and the entire cast join the panel so this was on like a big sort of like zoom meeting um so I think there was. About uh, like eighteen, nineteen people involved in it, um, and obviously you know some huge names that are connected with this film, like Idris Elba, John Cena, um, Nathan Fillion, and um, and Michael Rooker as well. Though he he wasn't made to feel that welcome there. Um, they do a bit of trivia, like do some games. They have lots of fun and, and a lot of ribbing on Michael Rooker. Uh, James Gunn talks about the amount of action and explosions in this film being way more than any of, any of his previous films combined, and I really can't wait for that because that's part of the cinematic experience. And I do like you know big action films. You know they're loud, everything gets blown up. You know it's always always pretty entertaining. Um, and then we get like a premiere of it's a sort of teaser trailer mixed with behind the scenes footage. Um, it looks amazing, gives you a bit of insight into some of the characters some of the set pieces that I've been working on, a few little explosions. So uh it's all good. And obviously anytime you get to see Margot Robbie is always well worth it. Um you yeah, know so it looks like it could be a really good fun film um and it's gonna be quite different to the the last Suicide Squad film. So up next was um a panel about the Snyder cut of the Justice League. I think the notion that the Justice League movie was underwhelming puts it quite politely, um, uh, but it's generally widely accepted. Um, I think during the making of the film with with Zack Snyder having to leave partway through, Joss Whedon stepping in, plus then there's reshoots, issue with issues with Henry Cavill's mustache because he'd moved on to um filming Mission Impossible Fallout by that point, it was always going to be a bit of an uphill battle for the film. Although saying that, there were a lot of good aspects to it, like the actual formation of the team and the introduction of the characters, specifically the Flash. I thought Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller was amazing, the way they did the special effects for the Flash was, was really good. Um, but there was a lot of noise about a Snyder Cut and a movement was born online um, from which eventually this actually got greenlit. <clears throat> Snyder doesn't really come across quite as likeable as, as James Gunn, but again, he's clearly passionate about the project um the panel saw in field fan questions that were delivered by the cast. So you got to see Batflick uh for a little bit. Um, you know, as well as talking to some key members of the Snyder Cut movement. So it was quite interesting to sort of hear the different perspectives of of um of how the movement started, what happened and how and how it progressed. Ultimately, the Snyder Cut is going to get released. Um it's going to be serialized and released as four one-hour parts on HBO Max in the US next year. Although Snyder did confirm that they're currently looking at how fans outside of the US um, without access to HBO will be able to see it. So chances are it could come onto a streaming service or maybe even get a theatrical release in the, release in the UK. But obviously four hours long, um, it's, it's going to be a bit, of a, a bit of an epic, I think. Um, I highly recommend checking out the teaser trailer. You get to see a little bit of new stuff and it's all epically offset against the Leonard Cohen version of Hallelujah. And it's genuinely a beautiful thing. Although I already know that Tristan our friend uh, will disagree with me on this point because he he thinks the music doesn't really fit with it but we'll agree to disagree on that one. There's also a panel about the upcoming flash movie uh with Ezra Miller and some other people involved you know again they couldn't really say that much about it but you know the characters definitely moving on um they're looking at different ways of showing the time force um of Speed Force, even so, it's uh, it is, it's quite interesting. Look forward to this. They managed to show a few stills of the new Flash costume. Um, one of the art pieces they released definitely had like the Michael Keaton Batman in the background as well. So it does seem, you know, like it's going to be again something on a really huge scale, definitely involving time travel, and and it's going to be a bit more about the actual Flash character and about Barry Allen. So we're definitely looking forward to that one. Uh moving on then um I mean you'll probably find out soon enough if you don't know already that I've got a lot of love for the rock. So combine that with my love of comic book movies and Black Adam is definitely high up on my list of films to get excited about. Uh this is clearly something that Dwayne Johnson is very invested in. Um and, you know, he spoke about it on social media a lot about sort of like wanting the part and getting the part and, and moving it forward. Uh they made like a great living comic strip which kind of gives the the background of or the history of the character. And show him what um what the rock is going to look like when he becomes Black Adam. Um so that was quite interesting. I spoke to another member of the cast as well, and you know, and it's I think you know the, there's a lot of fun to be had with it, and it's it's something that can be done on a massive scale. And again, it's more of an anti-hero, so you know, the, there's a lot of different things they can do with it. So uh following that, there was an Aquaman panel. Um it's quite low-key, it was just director James Wan um and King Orm himself, Patrick Wilson talking about the first film and discussing some of the plans for the upcoming sequel. Uh, one of the interesting bits from this was they were discussing how they did like the underwater shots and how they made the the characters move as if they were underwater. Um, and they basically just made a seesaw for Dolph Lundgren so they could kind of make him look like he was floating. Um, the Shazam panel saw Zachary Levi, who always seems to be having the best time wherever you see him doing anything. Um, he's always having fun. The uh, panel starts off with him basically just refusing to answer any fan questions about the upcoming sequel because it's all super secretive. Um, and then he was joined by several of his, his co-stars and the director of the film and also comedian Simbad, who was trying to lay claim to a role in the upcoming sequel because, of course, he was involved in a different Shazam film in the past. Uh, there's no footage for the sequel, but we did get a reveal of the new title, uh, which will be Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah, I've mentioned before that I really enjoyed Shazam. It was something that's very, very different. Um, so yeah, so it's another sequel that I'm I'm looking forward to. So then, finally, the Batman was probably the ideal way to finish things up. The first thing that comes to mind for most people related to DC is Batman, um, and with a brand new iteration coming, there's lots of interest. Um, finishing off with a first look at the teaser trailer, the insight that you get from director Matt Reeves certainly raises the interest levels. And obviously it's something that he knows a lot about the subject matter and he knows what he wants to do and how he wants to use people. Um, and also seeing Robert Pattinson for the first time in As the Batman seems to have gone down really, really well online. I know a lot of people had their doubts about him taking on the role. Um, to be fair, I've struggled to like him very much, um, which is pretty much purely due to Twilight. But taking over the towel, over the cowl um, may actually redeem him. Uh, and, and plus, it'd be remiss of me to not mention some of his recent performances in films like The Lighthouse where, you know, he's been his performances has been way, way beyond uh, being a sparkly vampire. Plus, a close friend of mine has a lot of love for our pats, so I'm willing to give him a chance. Uh, and obviously, with Tennant coming out shortly, uh, this may give him an opportunity to impress me and uh, build towards that Batman role. Uh, apparently, the trailer for the Batman has got over 20 million views in just over 24 hours. Um, the film isn't anywhere near finished yet, so if you want to talk about buzz for a film, I think that's definitely going in the right direction. One of the other bits I really liked was a look into how Batman is voiced in other languages around the world, how the voice actors interpret and perform the different Batman iterations, and also how they've adapted to different actors and different portrayals of the character. So basically they, went, they spoke to lots of different voice actors Um and a lot of them do all the voices. So every game, every cartoon, it's always the same voice doing Batman. So that, that was quite interesting to sort of see that different perspective. Just to touch on some of the other bits that occurred during the fandom. Um, I'm not a really big gamer, but there were some pretty cool panels for two new games, Gotham Knights and then Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, uh, which both felt like they could be pretty good tie-ins. Um. Yeah, you know, the, the panel for the latter was being hosted by Will Arnett as well, um, a.k.a. Lego Batman. So it's quite interesting to get him involved um, talking about the games. Um, there was some really, some really fun bits of filler with, like, current animated Batman characters reviewing the classic um, Batman and some cute claymation shorts too. Um, and on top of that, there's also some music from Chris Daughtry. Um, I think he was an American Idol winner or at least a contestant on the show. Um, he's also a huge comic book fan and does his own DC artwork which featured during the fandom so it's a pretty cool way of tying in Um, so there really was like a little bit of something for everyone uh, and the music was pretty cool as well Um, if you listen to this on anchor you'll be able to hear one of the Daughtry songs at the end of the podcast as well overall I thoroughly enjoyed the DC fandom experience there was lots of fun and some of the exclusive footage was great and I watched a lot of it back again already as a nerd or a geek or however I'm classified, uh, it was really interesting to listen into conversations between department heads, directors, writers, producers and so on and getting that little bit of insight into their vision and their decision making for how you know they pick and choose what they're going to do next and, and where things are going to go. Uh, Content-wise, um, it looks like from a feature film perspective, DC could be really fine in their groove. So hopefully with the upcoming sequels and new content that's coming through, um, we could see some huge advances in the DC cinematic universe. I've only really scratched the surface of the TV show so far, um, but I really like what I've seen in Arrow, Flash and Titans. Um, and gaming wise, I think DC and Warner have been putting out some good quality titles for quite a while. Although my personal experience doesn't extend very far past Lego Batman. Um Given the global situation, I think it was a great way to get all eyes on DC and put out some of the stuff that would have been shown at San Diego or other Comic Cons. It certainly got my interest hyped up for some of the upcoming films and TV shows. It was interesting as well to follow the fandom through the social media channels and read other people's reactions to the panels and the footage And with such a huge, diverse universe to explore, different characters and themes will mean different things to different people. It's quite eye-opening to see the different perspectives of the characters and the different things. So huge credit to DC for coming up with the concept and also for pulling it off. Uh, I've not seen the stats yet for how many people were watching, but my stream was uninterrupted all night, um, which shows they were well prepared and they got their infrastructure just right. Um, There's some really great content, a lot of laughs along the way. Hopefully the world will start getting back to some kind of normality, but if not, this could hopefully be a great idea to involve fans moving forwards. So thank you for joining me for our, our second episode. You can follow us on follow us on Twitter and on Facebook just by searching for at Mike and Matt Movies. Um, you know we're going to start trying to post a little bit more on there, but feel free to get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear any feedback you've got, get any listener questions or you know if you want to hear our opinions on things that we can utilize that going forwards yeah. mike and i will be back together again very soon with episode 3 which is going to be built around uh, a feature review of tenet and maybe some more recommendations so we'll see you soon thank you